So I was writing an article the other day on Medium about how I went about trying to help my 16-year-old son to basically fall in love with working out. When he came to me saying that he wanted to join a gym and he was listening to his friend Jimbo, who was also 16 and who'd been training for two months and was some type of expert, I I felt I should step in and maybe uh, try and teach him the basics first before he started in the gym. And luckily he let me, but I was noting down basically the lessons that I tried to teach him, which was hard enough, obviously, because teenagers are not big fans of listening to advice dished out by their dads. But there were kind of six main lessons that I wanted to teach him. And it occurred to me, these are lessons not just for teenagers, but for any guy, really, no matter how old you are, that are worth learning when you're just starting to work out in order that you get everything in context and you know what you're doing and you fall in love with it, you want to keep on working out for the rest of your life rather than seeing working out as a a short-term tool to lose a wee bit of weight and then you fall off the wagon again. So that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode. How I taught my teenager to fall in love with working out, but also how I'd like you to fall in love with working out too. Hey, Chris here from the Over 40 Freaking Awesome Podcast. You are very welcome to another episode. If you have not already picked up the two free guides that I have for you on my website, www.offacoach.com, there's a Men Over 40 Supplement Guide waiting for you and a Dad Bod Overhaul Workout Program waiting for you. Free things. What are you waiting on? Uh, While you're there, if you do want to check out my one-on-one coaching program, Ignite, That's something that a lot of guys are getting a lot of value from too. Anyway, I want to talk to you about how to fall in love with working out. And if you also have teenagers yourself, then some of this might come in useful too, if you're trying to tackle the same thing that I was trying to do. So these are six lessons that I really want to get across to you guys too, to help you get everything in context, be realistic about joining the gym, know how to work out properly and safely and enjoyably. So Lesson number one was the magic doesn't happen for months. So we are bombarded with uh, TikToks, images of people online in amazing shape all day, every day. That's often what attracts us to working out in the first place. And you know, that's okay. If you're anything like me, you remember you saw the physiques that uh, Rocky and Arnie had back in the 80s and 90s and you thought, I'd like a bit of that for myself. But, you know, We'd been in a similar situation with my son before. Uh, he wanted to learn a guitar because he'd seen cool guys online. And we got him a cheap guitar and some lessons. Once he realised it was going to take a long time to be amazing, he gave up. And I didn't want that to happen to him. And obviously, I don't want that to happen to you either. So, setting expectations when you're starting out is vitally important. Getting the physique that you want, like the ones you maybe see online, is going to take years, I'm afraid. Not necessarily months progress maybe slower than you want there's a clear life lesson in there about you need to stick to things put in the work don't expect overnight uh, success and stuff like that but it's just being realistic about this whole thing if you are starting off completely out of shape it's going to take quite a long time before you have a physique that you're happy with and that's okay you just need to accept that and enjoy the journey and take a little bit of progress as it comes along Lesson two was to learn movements rather than exercises. So I'll discuss the kind of big lift, bench press, squat and deadlift in a second. But again, social media 
has warped things a little bit for us. You see powerlifters moving huge weights. You see Instagrammers doing all sorts of made-up exercises for attention. It can get quite confusing for us very quickly because it seems that there's 101 exercises out there. Do you need to do all of them? Which ones are the best? Should I pick the program that that guy in amazing shape is doing? It's important to understand basic movements first before you dive into the individual exercises because if you set this groundwork that helps you cope in a busy gym if you turn up with a list of six exercises that you want to do at the gym and the gym is packed none of the equipment you want is available then you can feel kind of screwed and what do you do do you just mooch around for a bit do you jump on a treadmill or do you just go home it's important to understand basic movements and then once you understand those you understand that there's Dozens of different exercises you can do that tick the box for that basic movement. So there's four basic movements in any workout. There's uh, upper body pull exercises. Those, those work your back, your biceps, your rear shoulders. And that's any type of rowing exercise. Seated row, upright row, lat pull downs, pull ups, chin ups, rowing dumbbells, rowing kettlebells, anything. Those are all upper body pull exercises. They all work the same parts of the body. Then we move on to lower body pull exercises, so pulling things off the floor or towards your backside. So those work your lower back, your glutes, your hamstrings. So there's things like deadlifts, variations of deadlifts. There's seated or lying leg curl machines that you might see in a gym too. There's kettlebell swings. Those are all as good as one another. They all work the same muscle groups. Then there's push exercises. So we have upper body push exercises. Those work the shoulders the chest if you're lying back a little bit, and your triceps. So things like an overhead press, a bench press, any seated or lying press machine in the gym, any flies, so lateral or reverse flies where you're pushing dumbbells away from your hips. And then finally, there's lower body push exercises. Those work your quads, your thighs, your calves, your glutes. So you have squats, every variation of squats. In the gym, there's leg press and leg extension machines. Those work your quads too. Any kind of weighted step exercise or lunge variation, those are all lower body push exercises. Once you understand that there's four main movements, then no matter what you plan to do, you can kind of roll with the punches a wee bit in the gym. If the seated bench press machine isn't available, you know you can just grab a couple of dumbbells and do an inclined dumbbell bench press. Same muscles being used. Your muscles don't know if you're doing a seated bench press or a dumbbell bench press. They just know when they're very tired indeed, and that's ultimately what we want. Lesson number three, though, that I needed to teach him was that this could be his forever sport, and the same goes for you. Working out can be something that is just your forever hobby, your forever sport. By the time you get to your 20s, you can have given up on exercise completely because in the absence of organised sports lessons at school or college sports, you just don't want to do, uh, and your health and fitness tend to suffer accordingly, and you may well have stories about how great shape you're in, in your late teens, your 20s, your mid-20s, but lo and behold, life got in the way because once there was no organisation in place, you struggled. So working out, lifting weights, doing short bouts of hard exercise in a planned way can become your forever sport like it did for me. You're not relying on anyone to organise practice. You're the only one on the team. You literally cannot get cut from the team. And you're just competing against yourself every time. So that approach, me seeing it as my forever sport, has allowed me to stay in shape 
for 30 years. And it's what I like to get across to people like you and also to my teenage son. So as well as working out being great for your health and your body confidence, it's a great stress reliever. It can be a form of active mindfulness. It helps you clear your head while you're focusing on lifting heavy things. I feel it's important you understand that the weights are always there for you when you need them. You can escape whatever else is going on in your life for 45 minutes to an hour, whenever you want, and keep yourself physically and mentally strong. Then lesson four, I mentioned the big lift, bench press, squat and deadlift. It's important to get those in context. So my teenage son told me his friend Jimbo this guy that was going to explain everything to him because he'd been training for two months. Apparently Jimbo is 16 and can deadlift 300 pounds. No one's ever seen him deadlift 300 pounds, but Jimbo says he can. So there you go. Uh, so I was quite skeptical about that, but I could tell my son was already going down the road of thinking, I want to deadlift 300 pounds as soon as I can. And aiming for a super heavy weight as soon as possible just leads to you doing stupid stuff. You end up trying to progress in weights far too quickly. So yes, these big lifts, bench press, squat and deadlift are everywhere these days. Everyone's filming themselves on social media, boasting about what they can lift. Previously, these were just the preserve of big grunting meatheads, but now everyone is aware of the exercises and you kind of want to boast a little bit. Like if you can quote unquote only squat 100 pounds, you think that's terrible. You want to be able to squat 220 pounds or 100 kilos. The thing to remember is these big lifts don't do much for improving your body shape, but they do help you build a good basis of strength. So by all means, they are useful for you to include in your workout program to build a basic level of strength. But if aesthetics, if looking good is your goal, you're going to need a lot of different exercises to actually get a physique that you're happy with. So if you do want to do these big lifts, bench press, squat and deadlift, and you don't know how to do them, I would recommend at your gym, just hire a trainer for an hour. Don't let him fill in that hour with the machines that he wants you to use. Say to him, mate, well, don't call him mate. If no one where you lives calls each other mate, but just say to him, three exercises, show me how to do them. Help me find my starting weight if I'm aiming for a set of, say, six to ten reps and just use up your hour on the useful stuff like that. But as I said, if changing your body shape is your main goal, you need to understand that these big lifts aren't the be-all and end-all. And that leads me to the next lesson, which was to explain reps, tension, and how to actually build muscle. Because how do you actually kickstart muscle building? If you're going to the gym where you're starting to work out, you probably want your body to change in some way, add a little bit of muscle, uh, and look better. But then, how many sets and reps do you do? What kind of program do you follow? There's a million and one options out there. And you can easily just mooch around the gym three times a week for an hour and do stuff. And if you're a teenager, you can probably get in shape doing that because those bastards have sky-high testosterone and uh, and their bodies respond to things a lot better than our bodies do now in our 40s, 50s and beyond, but it's important that you understand volume and frequency and intensity. Otherwise, you will make no progress in the gym and you'll get demotivated and you'll think, well, there's no point. So it's important to understand for you to make a muscle grow, 
that muscle group needs between 9 and 18 sets per week of uh, work spread across all your workouts. I would recommend you try and hit each muscle group twice per week with at least a day's rest in between. And if you're trying to build muscle, you want to be working within the kind of 8 to, say, 20 repetitions range. Now, 8 to 20 reps for building muscle seems like a huge range, and that's because it's not necessarily the rep. We're looking more at time under tension. The time under tension is how long that set of exercise takes. So if you can imagine, if you're lifting a weight one second up and one second back down again, that's a two-second rep. If we need 40 seconds of time under tension, which is what we need to build muscle, then that's 20 reps, 20 times two seconds. Those reps, though, one second up, one second down, is probably quite fast and jerky. You're not really controlling the weight particularly well. So what I would recommend instead to get our 40 seconds of time under tension to build some muscle is aim more for slower, more controlled reps. So say two seconds up and two seconds down or two seconds in, two seconds out, whatever the exercise is that you're doing. And that takes you 10 reps. So a four second rep, two up, two down times 10. That gives us our 40 seconds. Those repetitions will probably look much better and much more under control. It will be much more beneficial to you in trying to change your body shape. In terms of the program to follow, whether you have a legs day and a back day and things like that, or whether you work in whole body routines, the way my dad bought overhaul program, the free one that I mentioned at the start of the episode, that's how that works. Whether you're following that type of workout or even a push-pull leg split or any type of workout split that you're going to read about, as long as those muscle groups are getting between 9 and 18 sets per week spread across all your workouts, then that'll be enough. But they do need enough time under tension to build that muscle. And that is best achieved by you choosing a weight that you can keep under control rather than choosing a weight based on what your ego thinks you should be able to shift. And then you just end up half-assing the reps and possibly even injuring yourself. And then on to our sixth and final lesson. The final lesson that I wanted to teach my son and that I want to teach to you is to develop a bullshit radar around everything to do with working out. I'm going to sound again like a ranting old man complaining about social media, but it really does cause a lot of problems for us in gaining a realistic understanding about what works and what doesn't. So back in the early 90s, 1992, I believe it was when I got my first weight set. I was 16. It was a Joe Weider or Joe Wider. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Joe Wider weight set. It was just a couple of dumbbells and a barbell. The weight plates themselves were full of sand. I think they were fairly cheap. Um, that's all I had. I got a free wall chart with these weights and that's what taught me about 20 or 30 different exercises. My son nowadays and you, we have thousands of influencers trying to convince us that their program, their supplement, their equipment, their style of training is the best. And, you know, I don't really envy people at the minute trying to start working out because it's a case of information overload. I was quite happy with my Joe Wider wall chart, to be honest. But if you've learned all of those basics, if you've got all this workout stuff in context, based on those other five lessons I've just gone over, then that should help you start to identify when someone online is talking crap. For example, if someone is selling the thing that they claim helped them get in amazing shape in record time, whether that's a piece of equipment, a supplement, 
or a very specific workout program, avoid it because it's just bullshit. If someone is encouraging you that you're not making progress because you need this one supplement, then avoid that too because no one supplement can really do anything. And if someone's progress in their claimed time frame seems just too good to be true, it probably is. Or they were, quote-unquote, chemically assisted. You just need to have a bit of a radar about all these things. If someone is claiming one single thing was the answer to everything, then it's bullshit because you know from past experience and you know from possibly past podcast episodes, there's a lot goes in to making sure that our bodies are running properly at our age to make progress. So those were the six kind of lessons that I wanted to teach my teenager and I think I kind of succeeded. I know some of it has gone in one ear and out the other and he will make a ton of mistakes and do some dumb things in the gym. But I think he's grasped the basics and I hope this podcast episode is helping you understand the basics too. It is okay to make a few dumb mistakes, learn from trial and error in the gym, but there's a few lessons that it's worth learning at the outset in order to make sure that your workouts are as rewarding as possible. The fundamental thing though is that I want you to keep going to the gym. That's how I know that my son has taken on board at least a little bit because he's still going to the gym. He has stuck with working out for 10 times longer than he did with uh, guitar and judo and computer coding and countless other things that he convinced us were uh, a hobby that he really, really wanted to stick to. Uh, If you have teenagers, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The longer you can stick to working out, the more likely it is that you will fall in love with it. You will stay fit and healthy. And it's a great outlet for your stress too as we get older. And ultimately, that's what we all want. So, I hope all those lessons have helped clarify things for you. If you have teenagers too, by all means, you can steal my six lessons and teach it to your kids as well. Like I said at the start of the episode, if you haven't downloaded those two free guides, the uh, Men Over 40 Supplements Guide and the Dadbod Overhaul Program, go ahead and do that at offercoach.com. I'll put a link to that in the description. Check out the one-on-one coaching program, Ignite, if that sounds like what you need, working one-on-one with me for four weeks to iron out the bumps in your life that are stopping you getting fitter, slimmer, healthier and happier. I would love it if you left a review. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you just quickly gave it five stars and said, this guy talks sense sometimes, but I will talk to you next week, mate. Take care. (laughs) 